Welcome to The Red Debate. It is Chris here and today we don't have Tom with us but we do have a special guest, a lifelong Celtic fan and my brother-in-law, John Megan. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? All's good, yes. Thanks very much for inviting me on the show after listening to the podcast of, well, it was actually before Christmas but it only got released last week. Yeah, yeah, we had a few too. It was a yeah, yeah, it was good. Very good listen, though. I quite enjoyed it. The questions were very good, and obviously the lads giving their different opinions on it was was quite good. It was intriguing. I did think, though, you forgot to mention one thing about uh, your your special guest that day. You said that he was a bit biased because he had a bet on Liverpool yeah, to win the on. league, but you also forgot to say that his nickname is Divock, based on Divock Origi, that the is Liverpool true. striker. Yeah, so, so that was Daly. left out. Yeah, yeah. deadly Divock. Exactly. That's a very that good was, point. Yeah, that was left out, so there's even more of a bias towards Liverpool from, from his side. I edited it out, but we actually recorded the podcast during the Merseyside derby as well, and Divock Origi uh, scored. scored <laughs> yeah, he scored that goal with the lob over Yeah, keeper, so, it? and it touch. happened while we were recording the podcast. Oh, very so, good. obviously, it went, it went a bit mental, so we have to went pause up, it. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah I, thought, I thought you'd be... A good man to have on the show, uh, Celtic fan. There's a lot of connections there with with Liverpool, um, yep. but also I want to. Uh, some of the things we're going to speak about is just your view on Liverpool from afar. Uh, okay. A bit about Gerard coming into the Scottish League. I know, obviously, you're not going to be a fan of him, but uh, we'll, chat, we'll chat a bit about his impact on the league and, and Rangers, who yep. had a couple of our boys to be fair on loan. They have, yeah. And then, well, you, we can't not really talk about Virgil Van Dijk. Very true. Massive connection there. Massive connection. And just for everyone listening, you actually live in Madrid, so Atletico is coming up for us. You watch them a fair bit, so we'll just do a little bit of a preview about about them. Okay, sounds good. To start, um, it's a Liverpool podcast, so the best place to start, I guess, is with the Reds. So what's your view on Liverpool from afar? I mean, clearly we are the best team in the league at the moment. Are we the best team in the world, do you think? Uh, this year, yeah, I would probably have to agree. Um, just obviously watching from afar, watching all the games. We would still stream games out here, watch Saturday afternoon kickoffs, still watch the Premier League Saturday nights and Sunday afternoons. And they are they're a machine. So, word I probably used to describe them a complete winning machine. The stats this season obviously speak for themselves. They're being, they're being compared to the invincibles of Arsenal's past seasons, um, and rightfully so. And if they can surpass it, then even better. But for me, just they slowly but surely over the last four years, three or four years, have built this team. And they always had a great style of football under Brendan Rodgers. I think everybody knows that. Obviously, came so close to winning the league. And then as soon as Klopp came in, they just started taking them to another level. Uh, I, was re- I was reading something a few weeks ago. Me and my friends were talking about it. I think when Klopp first joined the team, or obviously with Dortmund and now Liverpool, I think he just makes them so fit. Just works on fitness so that they can play the way that he wants them to play and the style that he wants them to play. If you look across Liverpool's team, Trent, Andy Robertson, Henderson, Wijnaldum, Milner, flying, absolutely flying. Fitness yeah. is no issue to them. The three up front can play all day, every day if they wanted to. Virgil van Dijk hosts three games, doesn't seem to need even to break a sweat, um, which is obviously just the style of play that he has. Uh, but yeah, and you see even with Milner, I mentioned him there. He is, apparently he wins the bleep test every year, every summer for Liverpool. Oh, yeah, he, he's even an a man like machine. Him, he's a machine, machine. exactly. Mm. So uh, 
obviously I've heard that and then obviously that's progressing and then he's obviously brought in his signings I think getting Allison was massive when you look at even what they paid for him now it seems like a bargain because he's been made a massive difference Champions League final a few years ago when the keeper's mistakes obviously cost them yeah, uh, Karius. Questionably, Jesus. exactly. Questionably, questionably, <laughs> no, no, but questionably cost just the game. Uh, so that's two goals would have been eradicated straight away there if you had have had Allison. So it would have been a one each game. Who knows what could have happened? Yeah. And then you uh, obviously have brought in Van Dyke, unbelievable player, has made a massive difference. I just don't think for the defence, so I think for in general for the team. And then for me, obviously, it's the position I play football in myself, but I love Fabinho. I know he's been injured recently. He's coming back now, but what a sign. And he's been slow start to his Liverpool career, which has been completely fine. But um, whenever he's, he's settled in that position, he's been absolutely phenomenal. I'm a massive fan of Casemiro for Real Madrid, or another Brazilian. But I think now Fabinho's surpassing him as the best defensive mid actually in the world. Wow. Um, yeah, I do. Honestly, that's a, that's a big goal. It's a big call and I, I would look out you've got Busquets slightly past it now doesn't play as regularly for Barcelona you've got Casemiro you've got Kante you've got Fabinho you've got Fernandinho for Man City Would you put someone like Verratti in that mix? Uh, no I, d- I wouldn't I don't think no. he's an out-and-out defensive midfielder um, I think that's one of the things that actually PSG are missing to be honest with you I think they could do with the out-and-out defensive midfielder Verratti's quality player obviously great for his country too and we'll see him in the Euros this summer um, probably one of the standout players for me, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I would just say Fabinho for me is definitely up there. And then you have the the workhorses around him, the the heroes, the, the unsung heroes of Milner, Henderson, Wijnaldum. I know you're a massive fan of Wijnaldum. Uh, oh, I love I like him. myself too. Uh, Henderson obviously has been touted a possibility for Player of the Year this year, PFA Player of the Year. Just his form's been so good. And then the three lads up top. Uh, Bobby Sadio and um, Salah unbelievable trio obviously I think it's been recognised more and more and more what Firmino does for the team and uh, how he actually complements the other two he's not as quick as the other two won't make those runs necessarily in behind likes to drop in and get the ball but what a job he does for the team I actually watched Liverpool a few years ago against Man United they drew one each at Old Trafford it was Klopp's first six months in charge like the, the, the Lamas were in the team then and stuff and, yeah. uh, but Firmino was up front and Firmino was the trigger he was set in the press for Liverpool that day and um, he was the main man everything was through him and he actually ended up scoring a goal too to draw uh, draw the game one each yeah so, he's, a, he's a genius player sure. isn't he he is he's brilliant like must yeah. say yeah, it's, yeah. It is, to be fair, it's an absolute privilege watching this Liverpool team at the moment, just hearing yeah. you list out the players we've got. Oh, it's no. probably the first time in my lifetime that we've had genuine world-class players in every position. Yep. Like, it, but, previous years has always been, you know, one or two, but you've always got, you know, weak areas of the team, maybe left-back, right-back. Yeah. In the Gerrard era, you, you know, you'd, you'd mix Gerrard with someone like Jimmy Traore. Exactly. Um, Whereas this team is just quality everywhere, everywhere yeah, across the pitch. They just complement each other. You have Fleur on in some aspects, Mane, Salah, Firmino, but then you have Graft and hard work as well behind. And that's not taken away from, by the way, Sadio Mane because he works equally as hard as anybody else. Yeah, he, he is phenomenal. He, yeah, he's phenomenal. Apart from Van Dijk, I actually think he's your best player, Mane. 
Um, I think he's unbelievable. It's it's a testament that Lionel Messi voted him Player of the Year this year, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. He, he yeah. for, for me, he is the top boy when when he's on yeah. form at the moment. When, exactly, I would agree. So yeah, a I, I complete winning machine this year. Good football, good to watch. They blow teams away, but again, for me, obviously, it's just reflecting back on Rodgers' time. You think about the standout games, the Arsenal games, four 0 up after twenty minutes, blew them away. Do you know what I mean? Back then, under Brendan Rodgers at home, I remember watching Liverpool. They were 4-0 up against Arsenal for 20 minutes. Blowing yeah. teams away then. They just couldn't get over the line. But I think Klopp's just installed, obviously, he's got some better players in. But Klopp's just installed. Yeah, the, well, the money's been spent, hasn't it? Yeah, but I the think money's there's, been spent. But there's a massive difference in terms of mental strength there now. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just that, that mentality. And it's a juggernaut now that just isn't stopping. Um, yeah. Like it's so hard to win every week, every week go out and like be because you're expected to win every week. You're expected to win in every competition every week. So it's testament to the mentality, the fitness levels, this quality, the skill that the team has, and then all those combined is the making of a Premier League champion, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, very true. I just want to go yeah. back to obviously you highlighted Henderson there, but. Yep. He, we've spoken about this a lot off air, but um, yep. he gets a lot of stick from English fans in particular. It but does, yeah. um, from afar, like, what's your view on him? Do you think he's a worthy contender for Player of the Year, or do you think it's, it's just like getting a bit carried away? I think he I is. Think, personally. I think he. Well, I think he could be yes, and especially because he's the captain of this team and what he does for the team. I was reading an article one time saying that our site was actually I was listening to Talk Sport one time. And they were saying that is Henderson a better captain than Gerard was? Not a better player. There's no yeah. there's no question there, but it was is he a better captain? So there's a debate there because of the players that he has around him. Like undoubtedly Gerard was the top player in every team that he played in for Liverpool. But Henderson is not the top player. Henderson is sometimes might not even start the game. And of that in the past now he is starting every game and it was saying is he the top is he a better captain because he's got better players around him but he is still the captain he's still the one they listen to he's still also the leader mm. of the team um, it's a bit for another day or a question for another day but it just shows how actually good that he is and how important he is for this Liverpool team um, in terms of as he standing for player of the year I would just look at maybe who the other competition is for player of the year as well you're looking across the board, who you actually comparing him to, who else could be player of the year. Has anybody in City stood out this year? De Bruyne obviously De Bruyne, has a Yeah, De Bruyne's yeah. the obvious one, but it's, it's, it's got to be really a Liverpool player, I think. Player. Yeah. It does. So, so Van Dijk's is, probably the, yeah, the obvious Dijk's option. The obvious choice, yeah. But has Henderson been... We'll see. The voting I do think happens around this time, no February, March time. Yeah, that's, that's true. So and it, he's in the always, form of his career. He's in the form yeah. of his career, exactly. So it's always based on how he's playing the high. So, that could stand him in good stead because if he had asked us in October, November, it was quite often Henderson was coming off after about 65, 70 minutes in games and not playing the full 90 and not maybe last and he was getting replaced by Shakiri or by Origi as an extra man up front if you were down or by Milner. And it's now a testament obviously how good his form is that he is a contention. He's playing every minute of every game. Oh yeah, he's become he's, needed, he's become a key he's, player. Yeah, one exactly. of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so is he contender? Yeah, he has to be. Based on current form over the last number of months, he has to be. Um, in terms of the England 
it's obviously just based on past performances, isn't it? And does he players always or fans always ask, does he play as well for his country as he does for his club? You have to remember though. Would you say that Liverpool are better than England? Yeah. Do they have better players than England? Yeah. So he's playing with better players. So he's gonna be better, he's gonna look better. The team is better. So all of those will raise his level a bit. He's not probably going to be worried about looking over his shoulder at his defence because he's got Van Dijk there. While maybe he might have to look to see, okay, Harry Maguire, John Stones, am I going to have to cover these two if they make a mistake? Look at the Holland game. I'm not forgetting Gomez, but it's, he's still maybe not in intention to start for England because of just how young he is. But I would have him in there anyway. But... Yeah, I think when you, when you look, chance. yeah, it does. But when you look at the if two squads, yeah, you would like to think though, based on current form and going into the Euros, then Emerson could be a massive player this year and hopefully change England fans' minds. No, I, I totally agree. But I do think he now he's won something. He is more, even more so than Harry Kane. Like he's become the leader of that England team. Yeah. Definitely. Which I didn't really think would ever happen, to be fair. But I am glad that he's starting to get less criticism from all the all the the people who just say like he's got nothing. He's just a backwards passer. Yeah, um, you know he's starting to actually get some goals for Liverpool, and he recently got voted England's Player of the Year. So yeah, very true. Very um, true. So. Let's, yeah, as you said, we could chat about Henderson for for a full podcast. To be fair, but I want to move on to who he took over from. Essentially, Stephen Gerrard, one of my idols, one of my heroes. Um, yep. Obviously, you're not his biggest fan now. He's gone to Rangers. Um, yes. But what's what's changed since he's joined the Scottish League? And is there is there any sort of appreciation from Celtic's point of view on him raising the profile of the league? Two questions there. Um, so Two questions, the first one, yeah. Of the, yeah. So I'll talk about the profile of the league. Undoubtedly, it's Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> he, he's raised the profile of the league unquestionably, um, and obviously more so raised the profile of Rangers again. Um, he was what a player in his day, what a name, uh, what a clubman for Liverpool, and known everywhere in the world. And obviously, Scotland was super close to England. We played against him a number of times throughout his career uh, in friendlies and in the UEFA Cup back in 03. So uh, it's been contested. And then he was a pundit for BT Sport covering Champions League yeah. games as well and talked highly of Celtic and the Celtic fan base and Champions League nights at Celtic Park, etc. Et so undoubtedly, he's raised the profile of Rangers for a start and in turn, that raises the profile of the league. You just have to look Outside of the actual Scottish Premiership title this year, their success in Europe, they're through yeah, the doing League, well. the, mm. yeah, they're through the Europa League group stage, and they had a uh, they had a group of young boys of Farnoid and of Porto, so not the easiest teams in the world. No, um, definitely to beat. not. No, definitely not. You think about Porto last year, Liverpool, uh, obviously got past them, but that was in the last sixteen of the Champions League. I'm not sure. Um, in one of the, the later stages. And yeah, so undoubtedly raised the profile of, of the league and he's, re- he's raised the quality levels with, within Rangers. They're well, a much spent, better team. He's spent a lot of money, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been back because his any Rangers manager in the last three or four, four years since they've come back in the Premier League, the Scottish Premier League, has, their main target has been to stop Celtic winning the league. 
and past managers have been backed as well. Not as much as Gerard, but they have been backed um, financially. Rangers, even though they were in the second tier of Scottish League or the third tier for those years, they were still had the second highest wage cap in the whole of Scotland, even yeah. though they were going, they had their administrative problems, things like that. They were second to Celtic and still are, but they're still a huge club. Every week they get 50,000 fans to their stadium or Wednesday night against Livingston in the Scottish Cup. They'll get 50,000 fans. So um, he's obviously brought that back. He's brought the quality back. He's brought in good players. Um, you guys know, obviously, some of the players that he's brought. John Flanagan's there. Kent's yeah. there. And then Ojo's there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan Kent. Yeah, Ryan Kent's didn't he? But yeah, Kent, Kent's permanently signed, so he was uh, on loan last year, really enjoyed it, and then they got him through on deadline day in uh, August, July, August, uh, the last day of the summer transfer window. And then Ocho's just on a... He's on loan, isn't he? Yeah. He's on loan, yeah. I think he's on either a, a year or 18 months loan. Yeah. Again, um, winger. Uh, doesn't He plays, but for a winger, he's only scored, I think, four goals this year. Sorry, he scored six goals. I think he scored four in the Europa League, which is good. Um, and then he scored two in the league, and he's only had one assist. So stats maybe don't say everything, but they definitely say something. Um, so yeah, sure well, particularly in a position more. like that, if you compare exactly. him to someone like Kent, for example, yeah, he gets a yeah. lot more goals. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm sure that they would be looking to see his development push on a bit further. Uh but obviously Liverpool fans will be looking in as well to see how he's getting on. Kent's a, a permanent ten and now. And Flanagan's obviously old news in that sense that he's he doesn't play much for Rangers. No. To be honest with you. Plays the odd Europa League game, Scottish Cup game, but would never be a, a starter for them mm. at, at full back. So yeah, so Jared's raised the profile and raised the quality levels at Rangers, undoubtedly. Um they're a good team. They this season We've beat them on, beat them twice, once in the league, once in the cup. And then they beat us just before Christmas at Parkhead for the first time in nine years. I think Interestingly, was, though, their, their form has gone massively downhill since winning yeah, that game. Tur- yeah, turn of the year, they have they only picked up like five points from nine games. Or sorry, five points from nine points. So they've dropped four. They were, were two points behind us with a game in hand. Now there's seven behind us with that game in hand. So yeah. obviously for me being a Celtic fan, it's great to see. We've turned the, the turn of the year. We've been unbelievable. We have hit some form and um, scored something like 28 goals, conceded three or four in nine games. So we're playing unbelievably well and scoring goals at will. Um, but yeah, uh, they will still push us. There's midweek fixtures this week and they have a couple of tough games as do we. So again, points could be dropped. Celtic will drop points as well before the end of the season. There's absolutely zero doubt about that. They have Jack to. Um, yeah, yeah, they will. And even it could be in, a, in an old firm game because we have to go back to Ibrox on St. Patrick's Day or the day after St. Patrick's Day. Ooh, so it's around um, it's the, the middle of March. It is a big one. And that'll be a big one in terms of the Scottish title race too because they can obviously claw it back or we could push push forward. Yeah. So it'll be a massive, depending on what happens between now and then and the next month. But yeah, it'll definitely be a, a huge game. But I do think, and it was a, I think it was the Hibernian manager said it this week, or the Hamilton academic manager, because they played Celtic and Rangers back to back in the last week, that the gap between Celtic and Rangers now is huge compared to the rest. That's the problem. It's getting yeah. bigger and bigger. And financially, it's always been that way. 
and high quality levels because Rangers obviously coming through from the lower leagues again were coming third in the league, fourth in the league, second in the league. But Aberdeen were always pushing them for second or third. And Celtic like obviously finishing first, but now this year it's just the top two and the rest behind them. What do you think is going to happen with Scottish football? Because this is obviously a, a very wide discussion and, again, another topic that we could probably go on for, for hours. Yeah. But how can Scott, the Scottish clubs bridge the divide between Rangers and Celtic? And, and at the same time, what impact does that have on Celtic and Rangers? Like, will we ever see Celtic and Rangers become a proper force again in, yeah. in Europe? Well, I think that the bridge between the top two in Scottish football and the rest of the teams is kind of similar to the bridge between the Premier League and the top two in Scotland in the sense that we have pulled away from the rest of the teams in Scotland, but uh, simultaneously the rest of the teams in England have just pulled away from Celtic and Rangers. And financially, uh, is one of the, sorry, financially is one of the main reasons, I believe, that things like that happen. The money that Sky Sports gives the Premier League is unbelievable. If you think about how much you get for being relegated, I think it's seventy five million yeah. pounds for being relegated for the biggest biggest uh biggest game in football for money is the playoff final. The thing about the money that they get for getting promoted. I remember when we were Scottish State used to be covered by Santanta Sports. It might have been ten, fifteen years ago in mm. the early two thousands. Uh, Celtic won the league they got one million one million pound for winning the league that's crazy from TV rights and you think about times up by 75 for getting relegated in the English Premier League so the that's obviously going to make a massive difference um, in terms of where we're at I, I in terms of how the other Scottish teams can get close to Celtic and Rangers I believe that it's going to have to come obviously you can think about outside investment or fan-based clubs, or else it's player development at youth level. Player development at youth level, the Scottish FA investing in grassroots football, mm. and not only having Celtic and Rangers be the top teams at youth level, but having all the other teams, Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibernian, all being top teams as well um, yeah. at youth level and bringing youth players through. The um, problem is I think that that's obviously massive. It's a similar sort of thing happens in Germany where... You, you, as soon as you get a good player come through, they just go to the big club. Yeah, he's off. And you can understand why a kid would 15 or 16 rather play for Celtic or Rangers than in the oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, that, that's a tough choice that they're, they're faced with. And obviously then Celtic and Rangers have huge squads, young players joining in who might not get first team football. So it might be up to Celtic and Rangers to loan their players out to other Scottish league teams and other Scottish uh, Premiership teams to enable the quality of their teams to improve. So that could be an idea. Like we had Ryan Christie, who's now an out-and-out starter for us. 17 goals and assists this year uh, for Celtic, and he was on loan at Aberdeen for two years from yeah. us. During their really good spell, he was one of their top performers. He was nearly going to stay at them, but obviously we saw his quality and kept him back at us, and now he hasn't looked back. So it's players like that that obviously can make an improvement for a team that they've went and loaned to. And then obviously Celtic are going to, or Rangers are going to reap the rewards of it. And then in terms of us moving to the league, I think Celtic and Rangers will always come as a duo. They'll always come as a two. There's, I don't think there's any question or doubt about that. How it would happen, where it would happen, 
what could they do to get them in? Would they have to start in the conference? As in joining the English League, League, you mean? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, Would they have to start League One, Championship, etc., etc.? Would they have to extend the Premier League to 22 teams? So there's no fallout and five teams get relegated. That's all for the big wigs to kind of decide. Mm. Um, David Moyes did say something about a month ago about the Carling Cup or the Carterborough Cup, as it's now called. He said it'd be good to make that into a kind of a British thing with yeah. the teams from Scotland, Wales and England. That and would be interesting, yeah. I think it would be interesting just to see the level of how the teams would compete against each other. And how then, do you think they'd get on, Celtic, in the Premier well, I League? I think that in the Premier League, current squad, you have to be realistic, I think they'd struggle. Week in, week out, the total of the Premier League would definitely have a burden on them. Is our squad good enough to compete in the Premier League? Probably not. And that's just being truthful. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I say that because then I think, sorry, that we, we beat Lazio home and away over two legs. If you think about that, Man United in their group, they went to Astana and got beat. And we and then I think they just beat them 1-0 at home. And if you were to say in the Europa League, Liverpool, or sorry, Arsenal, Man United, Wolves, they just beat Lazio home and away, you'd be like, that's actually a decent result. Yeah, it's yeah. very good. Lazio are flying at the top of the league. You, I look at that. I say, okay, no, I don't think we would be able to cope. I think we'd be close to the bottom. But at the same time, it's only two games. Don't get me wrong; it's not thirty-eight. But we are able to do. We're able to get those two results. I definitely do think there's. Yeah, well, there's, there's some more there. obvious quality there, isn't it? And, and yeah, I guess the the short-term pain of. Maybe yeah. struggling with a smaller squad would be uh, yeah, Celtic are a big club. They yeah. get a lot of money. They've got a big fan base. And exactly. if they did get, say they did go into the Premier yep. League and they did get relegated, you would expect them to bounce back big time. Yeah, in, exactly. In, like in a five-year period. Yeah, I would say that. It's if you were to get a Celtic in the Premier League and they would, they would continually survive and stay in the Premier League, they, the only way they would go is up. And I think in five to ten years, they would definitely be challenging at the top. Because of two things, number one is financially they would have a massive backing, so they would actually be able to go out and spend twenty, thirty, forty million on players, pay higher wages, and then two, I think players from afar or even in the Premier League themselves might be more attracted to go and play for a Celtic or a Rangers in front of fifty, sixty thousand each week, and possibly playing in Europe and having such a great fan base and great history and being loved and adored than maybe playing for a. Bournemouth or uh, Brighton or Huddersfield of previous years and that's no disrespect to those clubs but I definitely think Celtic Rangers are bigger than those clubs yeah yeah. I would yeah, say that that so would be would, hard to disagree with yeah so I just think that in terms of that I do think that Celtic and Rangers going into the Premier League I think they're bigger than a lot of clubs in the Premier League it's not saying that they're better teams being a big club and being a, a good team is going to be yeah. different Man United are the most obvious example Still one of the biggest clubs in the world. Are they a good team this year? Absolutely not. But it doesn't take away from the fact from their size. Yeah, that's, so true. that's true. I think that's that's just, I would say, like, let's say something would be bigger than half of the teams in the Premier League in terms of club size, fan base, worldwide known, worldwide fan base as well. Um, but it would take an awful lot. I would welcome it. I would love to see something in the Premier League. I'd be happy with gritted teeth to suffer for a few years and be struggling but still to be in that league and reaping the rewards of what would be the next 30, 40, 50 years to come. 
What, what do you think would happen to the rest of the league, though? It'd surely be the end of Scot- uh, yeah, the Scottish Premier League. I, it, will, it just would be very actually similar, I think, to the, the league in Northern Ireland. The league in Northern Ireland obviously lacks a serious amount of quality. It's part-time league. There's only two yeah. professional teams in the league. A couple of semi-professional leagues. Semi-professional clubs, sorry. And I think it would it would be detrimental to the Scottish League and that's why obviously they would be clinging on. Yeah, yeah. On well, they need them to stay. They need them. Yeah, because even if you, you think Celtic go away to Kilmarnock on a Wednesday night, the stadium might hold 12,000. 6,000 of them are Celtic fans. They come and pack out three stands. Yeah. They have more away support than they do have home support in those games. And Rangers are the exact same. They're the exact same as Celtic. They go travel the country north and south to support their team and pack out away stadiums and the revenue that those teams get from when Celtic comes is unbelievable so they need that they rely on that essentially yeah, yeah it's an interesting one how long do you think Gerard will stay in the league uh, I was listening to the interview that he did with Carragher there a while ago and mm. Gerard himself said he's no plans to be a manager for 30-40 years I think he mm. wants to go at it now that he's fresh and young and has the energy to do it and maybe only be in the game 20 years. I think he might stay at Rangers for another couple of seasons. If he, Whether they have him or not for another couple of seasons is another question. It all depends if he wins the league, genuinely. If he wins the league, he can be there for a few years. If he doesn't win the league, people may be calling for his head. Ultimately, Celtic and Rangers are judged on what they win and the trophies yeah. and their managers. Gordon Strachan was with us for four seasons, won three leagues in a row, did him in the league in his last year, sacked. It's brutal, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think he's probably got a little bit of leeway because it does have Celtic a leeway. are the established force at the moment, but yeah. it doesn't look like but, it's going to happen this year now. I, I, I wouldn't, I'm not agreeing with that just yet because it's oh, seven really? points. It's really four points. Four points is nothing. Four points is a, a, a draw and a loss. That's it. Yeah, but it's still in your hands, and the form that it you're is on compared, to, compared yeah. to the form that they're on. I, I know, think I know, but I, it will I take a massive it. effort to. Well, they yeah. obviously have to beat you again. Yeah, they do, which they can. Yeah, they've shown that. So I'm not counting the league is over by any stretch. Just, just yet. Like we'll see how the next next couple of games go, and they've got tough fixtures coming up and stuff. As do we. We're home to hearts away at Aberdeen, which are not easy fixtures, but we need to just keep going and hoping that they drop points. Yeah. All right. So let's let's chat a bit more about some of the other Celtic players. Well, and okay. let, let's talk about Rogers actually, because oh, obviously yeah. former Liverpool manager almost won us the league. He wasn't overly loved. Uh, and he could have been, to be to be honest. He it could have been a statue outside the stadium for him. And it all ended on a real sour note, to be fair. Yep. He goes to Celtic. At Liverpool? At Liverpool, this is, yeah. Um, yep, yep. Well, and potentially at Celtic. I mean, what's your yep. thoughts? Obviously, he moves to Celtic with a high pedigree and he has great success and then yep. leaves for Leicester. So yep. what impact do you think he had on the team and how good a manager was he for you? Uh, well, when he first arrived, he hero's welcome. The Celtic fans... They couldn't believe that from still having Ronnie Dyer for two years, albeit winning the league in those two seasons and a cup, they lost to Rangers in the semi-final of the cup. But 
Rangers were a championship side at that time. Um, and after that, Rogers came in, hero's welcome, packed out stand for his welcome, giving a speech in the centre of the pitch. Celtic fans were in awe of this man. Mm. Came in with the idea that he was a Celtic man. He came from a Celtic family. He came from a Celtic background. That this was his dream. Um, he was so happy to be there. First season, unbelievable. Brought signings in, Scott Sinclair, for example. Unbelievable um, season. Um, Moussa Dembele was brilliant under him. Uh, and yeah, went unbeaten for 67, 69 games in Scotland. They were the invincibles of our time. Holy Tory. Holy Tory is the only man to be part of both invincibles in Scotland and England. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I absolutely love that. I know. That K.A. Um, was there as well with him. Yeah, exactly. So he, uh, so he was brilliant for us. Won the treble in his first year. Won the treble in his second year. And then uh, was on course to win the treble treble. And uh, just before that, in the January window so he left in February of last year and just before the January window people were questioning him and questioning and questioning him. we played Motherwell at home on Sunday and they asked him about his future and he avoided the question and started to raise a few eyebrows um, and I actually went to his last game or second last game which was against Valencia in the Europa League we got beat but we put up a really good performance in the Mastaya and um, everything seemed okay. We're still talking positively. And that's about his future. He was telling everybody for ages he was a Celtic man, coming from a Celtic family. He was in his dream job. He didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay at his contract. Um, and then Leicester came in knocking and he jumped ship the next day. And that was him, gone. No statement, no nothing. And then after a few few days, he finally released of him. Um, in terms of what he brought to Celtic, Unbelievable. Basically, I think changed the the mentality in the club from just a normal Scottish side, obviously top of the Scottish league and stuff, but to a Champions League mentality. And he said that in his one of his first interviews. That's he wanted to change the mentality. He played unbelievable football in his first season. Blew every team out of the water. Beat Rangers five one at home, five 0 away. Uh, unprecedented travel. Unbelievable. Second season, same again. Another travel, relentless, never lost a domestic cup game as well. And third season, it started off well. Um, but signs were there that his football was maybe getting a bit repetitive and teams were kind of catching them out. Celtic were really struggling to score goals mm. in his last season, but still top of the league and top of the pile. And then that came a call. But during his time at Celtic, he had always preached about a Celtic man and how he came from a Celtic family and background. And Celtic did a video for him and a talk show in the SS Hydro in Glasgow. Eamon Holmes was there interviewing him, special guests. He released a book at Celtic. This man was only there for two <laughs> and a bit years. I think Liverpool uh, fans would tell you that that's the most Brendan Rodgers thing ever. Yeah, most Brendan Rodgers thing ever. And yeah. then what Celtic fans just didn't like, and I agree, is that he was given the option to leave to stay at Celtic until the end of the year, see out the season, get the treble treble, and then walk away in good terms with Celtic fans. And obviously yeah. Leicester playing so well this year, pushing for Champions League qualification as well. And 
I can understand from a football perspective why he went in February. He probably wanted to assess his squad, see what he's working with, reevaluate, and get in for a proper preseason at Leicester. I think that makes sense from a football perspective. But what he had to remember was what he had told Celtic fans for two and a half years. It was just gone as soon as Leicester picked up the phone and offered him a yeah. contract and more money. Although you and never know, like the club might have twisted his arm and said, if you don't come now, we'll hire someone else. But I think they actually had said, I think that was released, that he was he was told that he could come in the summer. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that was released at the time. And he said no to it. And that's what mm. Celtic fans just felt really betrayed by the fact that he, a Celtic man had left Celtic to go to Leicester. While, albeit 20 years before, 19 years before, it was the opposite. Martin O'Neill left Leicester, a Celtic man, to join the club of his dreams in yeah. Celtic. So the opposite was there. And they just, Celtic fans just felt betrayed. And that's how I felt, because I liked him, but I always knew, and you'll probably agree with this, Leicester, Brendan Rodgers is all about Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I think that, that didn't endear him to the Liverpool fans, for sure. That yeah. He came across as arrogant, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Celtic fans love what he brought to the club. And loved him during his time, but he left on such a yeah such bad taste. And that's just that every, I think most Celtic fans would tell you that. And, it's a uh, real shame for him to be honest, because he did. I mean, he did a fantastic job for both Celtic and Liverpool, and yet he's yep. not going to be really fondly remembered there. No, he's not. He's not I wonder if fondly he's like almost, almost like his worst, his own worst enemy, really. Yeah. Um, but, you mentioned it at the beginning, um, the four 0 against Arsenal, like. Some of my best moments as a Liverpool fan were under the Brendan Rodgers team. And he, he yeah. gave Gerrard an, another year of just genius, basically. Yeah. And yet, when he walked... Well, he didn't walk away from that job, but when he left the job, you know, I think in 10 years' time, especially now Klopp's taken us to another level, but they'll almost be like forgotten years, which is a real yeah, shame. Yeah. And the same, same with is. Celtic. Like yeah. You had the trophies to kind of remember, but... Do you think Rodgers will be remembered after it's all calmed down a bit? Um, will he be remembered as like a Celtic great or just I someone know, who was there briefly? Uh, if you think about it, Ronnie, Brendan Rodgers won the same amount of leagues as Ronnie Dyer. Yeah. And Celtic fans obviously will just be like, Ronnie Dyer was our manager during the time when the league was easy for us to win. Yeah, yeah. And... Obviously, Rogers was there. It's just how he left just doesn't sit well with, I would say, the majority of Celtic fans. And we used to, we have a song, and we sang a song about Brendan Rodgers, about him being here for 10 in a row. It's the most talked about thing in Scottish football because neither Celtic Rangers have ever done it. They've only ever done nine in a row. And he used to sing that with the Celtic fans and gesture to the Celtic fans that he was here for that. And he didn't even see out his third uh, season which would have been for eight in a row so um, that just that bet- that betrayal that bad taste uh, left in a lot of Celtic fans now that's how I would definitely definitely say it. and how he left taints what he did at Celtic I think if you asked a foot from a football perspective Celtic fans can't deny how, how what a job he did he lifted the club to a better level he made them play some unbelievable football yeah but from just what he did, just was was left really, really poorly. Moving on to Virgil van Dijk. 
Yep. Uh, I mean, what, what a player to start with. Um, obviously, play for Celtic. When yep. he played for you, did you think he would be the best defender in the world? No. No, I didn't. I knew that he was going to go to the Premier League and play at that level. And then it's up to him from when he plays at that level, how he can raise his, his game and can he then take it to the next level. Everybody in world football knows what's happened and has seen it for for himself. And he's just been unbelievable. Um, he is... Uh, yeah, he's... He's elite, one isn't of, he? Yeah. He's got he's elite. He's, he's, he's in, yeah, he's in that bracket of elite. I'm not, I don't think he's on his own in that elite bracket. I think there might be a few in there that, that join him. But I, uh, yeah, he's one of the only two two players. Him and you were actually at this game with me. Him and uh, Sergio Ramos. We watched Sergio Ramos against Getafe yeah. in the Bernabeu, and I don't think Sergio Ramos ran in that game. Sergio Ramos walked the whole game. He breezed through it. Yeah. The game was too easy for him. Um, he was just at a different level than any other player on the pitch that day and Virgil van Dijk is like that yeah he's got that air a handful of games he does yeah. he really does yeah he really does um, he signed for us from Gernogan for 2.5 2.6 million pounds and we sold him on for 13 and then obviously you bought I mean, him that's, for 75 that's superb business even before he comes to Liverpool just yeah, yeah. 2.5 million for a defender of his stature yep. at that stage of his career where I mean it must it, at the time it must have still been a gamble because you're never well, quite sure how, how yeah. they'd adapt to like, Scottish no. football yeah I agree um, and then we got a cut from your deal with Southampton we got oh, really? 7.5 million Happy yeah we've got, we got 75 and we will get the same from Moussa Dembele yeah. if he ever moves um, He's, Leon. where's he Leon yeah yeah so Celtic have done that pretty well. And if, for example, Tierney was ever to be sold on, I'm pretty sure we got a cut from that. And if you've, about the other Dembele for yep. us, um, if he ever was to move and accept in the future, then he, we would get a cut from his team. I'm pretty sure they'd put that into the contract. But he came to Celtic and he actually didn't have the best of starts to his Celtic career. He played a game or to get dropped Len was the manager back then um, but after the first couple of training sessions and stuff apparently he went to Van Dijk and said enjoy this here because you're not going to be here for, for much longer um, and he lasted his couple of seasons and then he was gone as everybody knows so from that right there you could see it at Celtic took him a while to fit into the Scottish game it's very physical up there mm. he was coming from the Dutch league um, and stuff so I think it took him a while to settle in but after that he played for us in the Euro League that summer as well, and it wasn't as physical. And you could just tell straight away that he was just different level, and um, for us, so uh, yeah, unbelievable. He scored goals. He from centre back, run forward with the ball. He scored free kicks. I don't know if any Liverpool fan has ever seen him hit free kicks. Yeah, well, he Tom, Tom and I watched quite a lot of YouTube videos of uh, him yeah. doing the free kicks in training, but he doesn't really ever yeah. get a chance to take them. No. Over. Doesn't get a chance to hit them, but he scored one against Hibernian, and I was at the game, so like one four 0 and it was top ins, unbelievable free kick. Uh, yeah, but then there was times whenever I actually saw him in the Champions League for Celtic, we could be by Barcelona at the New Camp seven nil, and he was still head and shoulders above everybody else, and it was talked about after the game could he play for Barcelona back then? Yeah, and they even agreed that yes, he could. This is when they had PK Mascherano as the two centre backs. 
who were flying at that stage and probably top of their game. Um, and he could, we could beat two, we beat seven nil. And I could tell during the game his frustration at the players around him, and they just weren't on the same level as him. Mm. Simple errors against obviously top quality opponents, but he just knew in those moments as well that he was above everybody else. So unbelievable player for us, but only a couple of seasons. But obviously unbelievable player because of what he's then went on to achieve. Also, yeah, is is he liked by the Celtic fans? Oh, I loved, loved, yeah, loved, yeah, yeah, absolutely loved. And he because he speaks about Celtic still too, and he reveres his days then how much it was such a learning experience for him oh, to get right, into British yeah. football. And him and Robertson, Randy Robertson's a massive Celtic fan. Yeah, and they talk yeah. about Celtic all the time. I think they might watch games and stuff together. So, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, he's loved by Celtic fans. Lots of ex-Celtic players that have moved to the Premier League are, like Manyama as well. And I was loved by Celtic fans because he still tweets about them, still talks about them in such high regard. So players like that that maybe went on to a higher level are always revered if they just keep in touch with Celtic and um, keep talking about them. Moose and Lembele is the same. Moose and Lembele still tweets, posts photos, posts videos of him watching Celtic games in, in France. Celtic yeah. fans love that because there was a bit of a falling out when he left because it was portrayed by Rogers that Dembele had been the bad guy. When actually in turn, I think when Rogers left, it all had flipped around. It was actually Rogers that was the bad guy during Dembele's departure. Yeah. So, um, another taint on our Brendan Rogers. We Brendan, we Brendan, we Brendan. So, so yeah. Just want to talk about a few others quickly in in the squad, but Watson yep. Edward having a great season. Burning season is he the, yeah. destined for the same Moussa Dembele career move uh, I think he will go to a, a team I hope he doesn't go this summer I think for him he's still young and he can like when he first came to us he, what he lacked was his physicality Moussa Dembele was a big lad when he came to us he could handle himself while Odson has developed that in his seasons at Celtic he was on loan from us initially from PSG then we signed for 9 million Um but he'll move for triple that. I think I think he'll move for more than Dembele, which was twenty two million, and Tierney, which was twenty five. It's been touted at the minute, Cupbasin's confirmed that he is the best striker we've had since Larson, which is Larson left us in two thousand and three. Yeah, two thousand. No, sorry, two thousand and four. Larson was there from ninety seven to two thousand and four. So that taint on that label the best striker since Henrik Larsson is huge yeah, yeah. huge for Celtic I mean we haven't had any we have had some strikers we've had Gary Hooper we've had Pukki at us we've had Zorowski yeah. yeah we've had when was Bellamy um, we've had Bellamy he was only on loan for six months was that um, and, yeah and Robbie Keane the same for yeah. six months um, so them two were there but because it wasn't their longevity at Celtic maybe hasn't been as, as much as Odds and Edward then yeah. um, and maybe can't be proclaimed that obviously both quality players and both Premier League standard players really um, I would love to see Edward maybe not go back to France I would love to see him go to the Premier League he's, yeah. he's, got, the, he's got the skill for it he's got the feet for it as well and he's, he's got the, the brain for it he's not just all muscles and brawn and head down running part he's, he's quality player he's got the skill and it will show I think especially against the lesser teams that it's too easy for him. And it is. It's starting to show. Sutton, Chris Sutton, as you probably all people know, that he's controversial pundit. I really like him. 
I think he tells the truth and he's not scared to criticize Celtic either. But he does have a he does have a Celtic background and he would probably say, Yeah, he's a Celtic fan. But he says he's the best striker he's seen since Henrik Larson at Celtic. And in commentary in a game a few weeks ago, he said this is becoming too easy. He's on another level to everybody else on the pitch. So I can only hope that he stays there for maybe another season and a half, the end of this season and one more season next year. And then every Celtic fan would send him on his well wishes and say, thank you very much for what you've done for our club. Go on and blossom in your career. Yeah. Um, and see. I, I, I personally think he's better than Dembele. I do. I think he's got more about him than Dembele. Dembele's just bigger and stronger, which mm. obviously was good in Scotland. And then again, big top European defenders you can handle yourself, which is good. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah. For them, for Odson Edward, he has a lot. He's cool, cool head in front of goal. Slots everything into the corners. Um, Anyone else on long, in the squad of, of that kind of calibre? My favourite player um, is Colin McGregor, centre midfielder. I think he's the best <laughs> midfielder. You love him, don't you? I love McGregor. I think he's the best. I think he's the best midfielder in Scotland. Um, for his technique, for his quality, fitness levels, he has played the most football in world football um, out of anybody else. Uh, he doesn't miss a game for Celtic ever. And we're involved in a lot. We're involved in the league, Scottish Cup, Scottish FA Cup, Europa League every season. So he's playing a serious amount of games. So, uh, yeah, for me, I, I love him. He's, I think he could play in a team in the Premier League, not the top teams, uh, but he could definitely play a mid-table Premier League team and be an efficient player. Rogers put in a 30 million bid for him, apparently. Oh, really? Celtic rejected oh, how old it, yeah. is he now? McGregor's only 27. Would be close. Okay, so he's yeah. like prime years, yeah. He's in prime years, yeah, and he's blossoming. And he loves Celtic, though. He's been at Celtic since he was a kid, but he went on loan when he was 19. He went on loan um, to Notts County. I think it was black and white. Yeah, Notts County playing black and white, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, he went on to Notts County and they loved him down there. They wanted to keep him. Celtic, Ronnie Dyack, they brought him back and started playing him again. So thanks for that, Ronnie. <laughs> um, but yeah so though I love Colin McGarry I think he's very good and then there's centre back Crystal Fire he's still young very good ball player coming in from the back very quick as well and he could be one maybe to push forward and then we have young Frimpong he's a right wing back we sent him from Man City in the summer and nobody expected him to be that good and he's just went from zero to hero real quick absolute flying machine so fast so quick skillful but really small, probably would be a five, 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 six, <laughs> and uh, yeah. But he holds holds his own against bigger lads. But he's injured the minute. But he's been a revelation. He's been an absolute brilliant sign um, for yeah. Celtic. And again, he could maybe go in the future and play right back for a Premier League team. But again, it all depends on his development because he's only nineteen. So yeah, well, it's good to see that there's some decent quality in in amongst the squad. Yep, but just. Before we wrap, um, Atletico Madrid, you've seen them a fair few times. You yep. went recently, it was Ibar away. Yes. How do they look? Do you, do you think they'll trouble us? I, if they perform like they did against Ibar, absolutely not. Ibar beat them 2-0 and were very good for their 2-0 win. Um, albeit it was up in Ibar, which is four hours, five hours driving from Madrid. So, um, But the way that the way they 
professional teams travel now, it shouldn't really be an issue. Um, but they were just off the back of the the Super Cup final in the Middle East, so obviously that could have played an effect on it. Yeah. They looked like they had zero ideas, zero creativity. Jal Felix was not impressive at all. Costas out injured, so there's no striker. Morata was terrible. Looked I think, slow. I think Morata is also injured for our Yes, Yes, yeah. he is. So uh, they've, they beat Granada, they've, yeah. They're really running out of strikers. They are. They beat Granada 1-0 at the weekend. Um, they have Carrasco. Uh, he came back from China. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I think he scored at the weekend. Um, they so seem he's, to be specialists of like a 1-0 win. <laughs> they are. But So I, I saw them against Ibar, and that's the one side of Lego Madrid. But then I saw them play Juventus in September in the groups stage. And they were losing 2-0, but they came back on Drew 2 each and probably should have won the game. And they were better than Juventus on the day. Mm-hmm. And that just shows the two sides of Atletico Madrid. Um, I personally believe that you'll be too good for them. I think Liverpool will blow them away. But if any team could be stubborn, could put up a fight, could nick a goal on the counter or a set piece, it's going to be Atletico Madrid. That's the way they are. That's the way Simeone sets them up. That's yeah. how he's always set them up. And, and if they do, they're so hard to break down. To they're so hard to break to down, exactly. I watched Arsenal play them two seasons ago, three seasons ago maybe, in the two seasons ago it was, in the Europa League semi-final. Arsenal just couldn't break them down. Atletico counter-attack, bang, 1-0. Game done. Like, tie over. That was it. Arsenal were never going to score, never looked like scoring. No chances, couldn't get the ball into the box even. It's just... Defensive masterclass from Simeone and his men, but they have they've retreated since then. They're not as good. Yeah, they, not they are not from Griezmann. Exactly, they're not the yeah. same animal. Yeah, they're not, the, they're same not the same animal as they were before. They've lost Goldin as well at centre back, which is massive. Unbelievable keeper though, in all black. Oh god, yeah, Jan Oblak. Yeah, yeah. he was on our radar a fair yeah. few years ago now, but. He I'm was one of the ones before so. Alisson came. He was moving yeah. like a big, big money move. Yep, unbelievable keeper. Really, really good. Um, would be top, probably top five keepers in the world. Yeah, I would say. Yep. Some people think he's top one or two as well with Alisson. So it's a testament to how good his standards are. But in all seriousness, could they trouble Liverpool? Set pieces, yes. Be stubborn defensively. And maybe a counter-attack, but Morata's injured. Al Felix is not performing well. I don't really see where they're getting that from. Koke is a mainstay for them, but he's been injured too. Yeah. And he's only coming back from fitness. So I genuinely believe Liverpool will roll them over, over the two legs. I really think so. Well, fingers crossed for us. And uh, Fingers crossed for the main yeah, Reds. I feel confident, to be fair. Yeah, I would. But yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast, John. Um, You're okay. Any final words? Any final words uh, of the Redmen? Hopefully they get the the league because it's been too long for a club the size of Liverpool not to actually have won the league. Um, so it'd be unbelievable for them to win it this year. They deserve it. They're the best team, never mind in Europe, in the world. And yeah, uh, in terms of the Rangers and Steven Gerrard, it's very difficult for me to like Steven Gerrard. Love him as a player, undoubtedly so. I think he was the type of player that even if you didn't support Liverpool, you just appreciated how good he was. But it's like me asking you through all the years that you were battling against Man United or the Chelsea's and Mourinho's team that you used to like Mourinho. 
yeah. when it was Mourinho against Benitez, you would have said, absolutely not. I hated him. Yeah. How could you like him? He's our rival. So it's exactly the same for me. You probably now look back and appreciate what Mourinho did for Chelsea, what he's done in the game, but you hated him when it was against you. So right now, can I like Steven Gerrard in that same vein? No. But I think that's understandable. But can I appreciate what he's doing in Scotland and what he's doing, what he did as a player? Oh, absolutely. There's, that's undoubted. But for now, it's all about Neil Lennon and the boys. <laughs> Good final words. That. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yep. No problem. Thanks for having me.